Hello, this is Eddie Duke. Welcome to the weekly podcast at Panther Creek Baptist Church. You know, Jesus Christ is an amazing person. As I look at our culture today, I am convinced the absolute only hope for this world in which we live is Jesus Christ. And every week, I will introduce you to messages that will communicate this hope that we have in Christ. I'm thankful that you've taken the time to catch us here this week. It means a lot to me that you would tune in, and I would love to hear from you. And now, here is this week's broadcast. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to John chapter 11. And I did not get something changed, so I'll let you know uh, ahead of time in verse 1. Verse 1 is going to be incorrect. Uh, so just uh, kind of listen. If you don't have your Bible with you, just listen uh, closely. I think I had that uh, verse 1 in still from last week. So verse 1 was the only thing I didn't get changed. Uh, but, uh, but I want to let you know, I'll, I'll definitely share this in the announcements, uh, but three out of the next four weeks, we have guest speakers. And so this is our first Sunday of coming back to the 8 o'clock service. And we didn't want to ask the guest speakers to come to both services uh, so, um, so I figured, well, okay, I'll just go ahead and preach at the eight o'clock service and then we won't ask them to come, you know, we'll just ask them to come to the 1030. But I know we're in, we're kind of at the end right now of a sermon series called questions that Jesus asked. And, uh, I'm not going to do that just for the one service. Uh, so, uh, so we're going to pick that back up probably on the 31st of October and then finish that up. Uh, I know that the, the 7th of November, we've got, uh, John Gann. Uh, coming he'll be at the 1030 service but um, but I want to let you know that that as I was doing study last week we, I preached on John chapter 10 and we looked at John chapter 10 last week and my study led me into John chapter 11 and I thought when I got into it I said you know what I'd like to do a couple of sermons in here uh, so if you'll permit me on the eight o'clock service I'm gonna do some sermons from John chapter 11 they, they don't fit into anything they're just uh, where we where we are right now actually the one I'm preaching today kind of fits my heart and where I'm at and, uh, and, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. I remember a story. There was a story that I heard years ago about a teacher, a first grade teacher. Now, this is the time when they didn't have assistants uh, like they do today. And, you know, the teacher had to do everything. And so it was during the wintertime. And, and uh, they, they, after lunch, they got ready for recess. And so this teacher had to go through all the students and help them put on their coats and sometimes snow, snow suits and, and boots and gloves and went down the line, got each one. She came to the last one, a young man, a little boy, and, uh, and she helped him put everything on. And then she got his boots on, you know, and she got ready. Okay, she said, okay, we're all set. So after she got her bo his boots on, he said, these are not my boots. And she said, okay, you know, so she wrestled to get his boots off, you know, and, and she put his boots, uh, you know, next to him. Uh, and then she said, okay, where are the boots that you wore in? And, uh, and he pointed to the boots that she just took off. And she said, I thought you said those weren't your boots. And he said, those aren't my boots. Those are my brother's boots. Uh, my mom couldn't find my boots this morning, so she made me put my brother's boots on. She goes, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so she puts his boots back on, his brother's boots back on his feet. And she said, oh, finally, she's out of breath. Finally, we can go outside. She said, by the way, where are your gloves? And he said, I stuffed them into the toe of my boots. <laughs> so, so, you know, we have times like that. We have things like that that get to really test our patience. And, and so today I want us to look at patience because this is what this passage is all about. And faith in Ezra, y'all look so pretty. 
Golly, Ashley's just looking up here at me. That's awesome. Man, man guys, you guys are awesome. <laughs> that, that's a distraction. You know, I, I don't know if I can deal with that one. <laughs> so today we're talking about patience, and you've heard this poem before. Patience says, patience is a virtue, Pass it if, possess it if you can, found seldom in a woman and never in a man. And I think that, uh, that hits us a lot right where we are. And today I want us to look at patience. So let's begin by looking in verse 1 of chapter 11. Uh, chapter 11, verse 1, reads like this. Now a man was sick, Lazarus, from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So Mary and Martha, these are the two sisters, again, that Jesus went to their house. And, and, uh, and Martha was so busy trying to get everything done. And and Jesus said, you know, Mary wanted to just hang with Jesus. She just wanted to be with Jesus. And Jesus said, you know, Martha, you got to remember this one thing. You know, Mary knows the one thing, and that's to be with me. And so that's the same Mary and Martha. Uh, we know this story. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So their sister sent a message to him, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Now, this is uh, what we're going to be talking about today. What do we do when God stays where he is? And, uh, and this is really interesting that the Bible says that about Jesus. Then after that, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. Rabbi, the disciples told him, just now the Jews tried to stone you, and you're going there again? Aren't there 12 hours in a day, Jesus answered. If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. He said this, and then he told them, Our friend Lazarus has gone to sleep, has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will get well. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, that they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. Then Thomas, called twin, said to his disciples, let's go too so that we may die with him. All right, I'll go ahead and pray for us and then we'll continue on. Father, I just thank you so much for this time. I thank you for this opportunity we have uh, to be here today and, and again to open up your word and to hear from you. Uh, Father and God, I pray as we go throughout this message today, Father, we'll see what to do when you stay where you are. Uh, God, and, and I know that uh, that brings up a problem for us uh, sometimes. So, God, I just pray that you'll speak to our hearts today. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's join together in a great old hymn, crown him with many crowns. We'll stand as we sing the first, third, and fourth this morning.
Crown him the Lord of life, who triumphed o'er the grave, who rose victorious in the strife for those he came to save. His glories now we sing, who died and rose on high, who died eternal life to bring, and lives that death may die. Crown him the Lord of heaven, one with the Father known, one with the Spirit through him given him from yonder glorious throne. To thee be endless praise, for thou hast done us die. Be thou, O Lord, through endless days adorned and magnified. Amen. You may be seated. All right. I uh, have a few announcements. I know they're in the bulletin as well, but. Uh, I just uh, wanted to read something here. It's a card that says, with special thanks to all of you. To know you is to know people who are kind, considerate, and thoughtful. To know you is to be grateful for the special things you do, for everything you've done, for being the special people that you are. Thank you so very much. Dear Panther Creek family, it is so hard to think of the words to show you how thankful we are for all the prayers, food, and kindness during the loss of our son, Frank Burton. You're very special to us. Uh, and and we love you, Roger and Sharon. Thank you again. So thank you. So continue to remember them in your prayers. Um, I do want to highlight some uh, some announcements. Uh, number one, uh, tonight at five o'clock we have choir practice, uh, but we're also doing something a little different with Bible study. Uh, for Bible study, we're going to be over at the Christian Life Center at five o'clock and do a Mayberry Bible study, and this will be led by Steve Shake, and so he's going to do an awesome job with that, and so. Uh, come out tonight, and we got to go over to the Christian Life Center because uh, that's where our our the, the TV is and, and the DVD where we can uh, where we can show that on the screen. So so that that'll be tonight at five o'clock. I also want to let you know, Trunk or Treat, uh, Trunk or Treat's going to take place October thirty first from five to seven. And uh, if you're there's a sign up sheet back here. There's two sign up sheets actually. One sign up sheet sheet is for cars. If you want to bring your car and open it up and decorate it. Uh, and hand the candy out uh, from there, and also the sign. There's a sign-up sheet for chili burgoo soups. Uh, we want to be able to give this away for food that night, and so um, so if you can make that, uh, we're I think we set a goal. Uh, Beth uh, Reynolds told me we set a goal of 15 crock pots that we'd like to fill uh, in order to meet uh, meet the people that we're expecting that are coming uh, for that. So there's a sign-up sheet. We do have a need. Uh, we need somebody to make, uh, to grill hot dogs uh, that night. So if there's anybody that can uh, from 5 to 7 on October 31st, that would be awesome. Um, also want to let you know that the business meeting this past Wednesday night, we talked about the Thanksgiving meal. Every year except for last year, we've had a Thanksgiving meal the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And so this year, uh, we asked the church uh, Wednesday night uh, what, the, what, what the pleasure of the church was, and, and the decision was made that we need to bring it before everybody on Sunday morning. 
And so I'm just going to ask you, uh, uh, now there are a couple of options here. Uh, one, we figured we're probably not ready to come back to potluck yet, uh, just yet, like we've done in the past. Uh, we could cater it. Uh, we could do something like that. Or there is, um, there is a pile, a burn pile back here. And one of the things that we talked about for truck or treat is lighting that pile. Uh, but uh, we figured that might be too much for that night. So what we could do is what we've done before is have an outdoor service uh, on that Sunday night before Thanksgiving. Uh, light that pile. You know, we'll have, uh, we'll have food here, you know, like pork burgers, hamburgers, that kind of thing. Uh, so, so let me know uh, what, what you'd like to do or what you'd like to see happen, and, and, we can, and I'll make sure I communicate that back, and, and we'll get that going. Um, the first Saturday in December... Uh, it was mentioned at the business meeting as well of having an indoor yard sale. Uh, so, uh, so Chris Hagerman's kind of uh, putting this together. So if you're interested, let him know. I will probably, uh, I know that there's a, there's a meeting on that Tuesday night. There's a dinner uh, that, that first week in December. So we'll probably have to wait till Wednesday and Thursday and Friday to put it together. But, uh, but we're planning on having it over at the Christian Life Center. So... I think that is all the announcements I had. Was there anything else that anybody, uh, the other announcements are in the bulletin today, so no other announcements? All right, I'm going to turn it back over to John and Jeannie. Thanks, guys. Jeannie did mention uh, choir practice tonight, and uh, there's one thing, we need a couple, of, we need a few more men, so men, if you're interested, ladies, you're more than welcome to come and help the ladies out, but we need a few more men to really make this a great cantata that we're going to uh, try to put on this year. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's a lot of work, but we have a lot of fun, so come, please come join us at 5 o'clock. Uh, this is a great old song. It's gay, uh, the Gaithers wrote this, and I used to have a young lady that sang this all the time at my church in Sargo. Uh, um, she's, she would get up there, and she, this is the only song she'd ever sang. And, uh, but she did such a wonderful job. Uh, you know, she's, she's gone on to be with the Lord, unfortunately, here um, through, uh, through some unfortunate circumstances. But I always remember, uh, always remember Marty during this song. Let's stand as we sing. There's something about that name. We'll sing through it twice. Jesus, Jesus, there's just something about that name, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance Savior Jesus, like. 
I need to ask a favor, and Johnny was here uh, Wednesday night, um, so so because I, I need a favor, I, I need to ask you to do something for me, um, because Wednesday night, uh, we Johnny was standing over here, and we had people here, and so usually when we have business meetings, Steve was here, uh, but uh, usually when we have business meeting, I stand close to Johnny, and Johnny will turn to me and say, well, you want to elaborate on that, you want to tell anything, I say, yeah, and so I usually do some talking. And sometimes if I'm standing here, you know, talking, I may just lean up against the bench and everything like that. And so I'm, I'm talking, Jeannie, and as I'm doing it, all of a sudden I turn, and there's somebody sitting right here. I, th- th- she's been there like five, ten minutes. <laughs> you know, I said, guys, we got to do a better job at this. You know, if there's somebody that sneaks in, you got to let me know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to ask that favor uh, right now. Wait, am I interrupting your uh, special job? Okay, uh, I, I'm supposed to do the children's moment, right? Okay, so if, um, if somebody sneaks in and somebody walks in, I don't know, just, just let me know. You've got to let me know. <laughs> that, would be a, that would be a big help. As we continue to work through the transition here, uh, we're going to get back to children's moment uh, but, uh, and have a children's moment for the 8 o'clock and have a children's moment for the 10.30. But I've got to ask a question uh, today in lieu of the children's moment. Um, what do you do when you're waiting on God? Uh, I know we have that, uh, that, that those times, uh, I'll be honest with you, you know, right now, kind of in my life, uh, you know, we're waiting on God for something. We're praying to God. We're seeking God. You know, we're not sure about something. We're waiting. What do you do when you're waiting on God? When, when the Bible said, made, a, made a good point here, didn't it? The Bible says that Jesus stayed where he was. <laughs> What do we do when Jesus stays where he is? You know, have you found a, a good way to kind of navigate those times when, when God stays where he is? Yeah. Okay, that would be good. That would be good. Move a little closer to him. Okay. Through prayer, Bible study. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Faith, yeah, don't give up. That, that's good, George. Yeah, yeah, Tammy. Oh, okay. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Tammy. Sometimes I think that we, we, we look at the word patience, like we're talking about today, and we think that patience means waiting, doing nothing. And, and I, I'm not very comfortable doing that. You know, I mean, that we, we, we sit in line at the... Uh, at the, you know, down at the court, the clerk's office, you know, I mean, we stand in line, you know, waiting for our name to be called if we want to get our sticker for the registration, you know, and we got a picture, okay, this is what it means to be patient. We're waiting, doing nothing, you know, just moving up a couple steps. But really, when the Bible talks about patience, it doesn't talk about waiting, doing nothing. It talks about waiting 
still obeying God, still following God, still serving Him. Yeah, that's a good point, Tammy. Yeah. Any other thoughts? We're going to look uh, here in just a little, uh, a little while what God is doing. Uh, this is what we need to keep in mind while we're waiting for God's answer, while we're waiting for, for God to respond, while we're waiting for God to, to come where we are. You know, I mean, like if God's still right there, if he's not moving, while we're waiting for this time, we're, we're going to find out uh, what God is up to and what, uh, what is happening during these times. So I'm going to turn it over to John, then we'll come back. So thank you. Join together in our praise song. I'll let you remain seated for this. Uh, just follow along on the screen here. Amazing grace, my chains are gone. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I think Chris Tomlin done a wonderful job with this one. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound That saved a wretch like me I once was lost but now am found Was blind but now I see was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. My chains are gone, I've been set free. Unending love, amazing grace. The Lord has promised good to me, His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long. Life endures. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. Shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. But God, who called me here below, will be forever mine. Will be forever mine. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, John. Y'all sounded great on that. So keep your Bibles open to John chapter 11. 
uh, verses 1 through 16. John chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. So this really is the problem. Uh, This is what we run into. We run into the same thing that Mary and Martha ran into, the same problem that they had. I mean, can you picture it here? They sinned for Jesus. As a matter of fact, verse 3 says, So the sisters sent a message to him, Lord, the one you love is sick. And I can just picture them as they're waiting for Jesus. I mean, they're changing the cloths. They're, they're trying to keep the fever down on Lazarus. Lazarus is sick. Uh, they're changing it, you know. And, and, and the whole time, they've, they've figured it up in their minds about when Jesus should be arriving. And so they're looking out the window. They're thinking to themselves, well, Jesus is going to be here any day now. You know, any time now, any moment here. Jesus is going to be here. We've sent for him. We've prayed to him. We've called out to him. We know that he's going to show up. He is going to answer. And so this becomes the problem now. Because as we have that anticipation, as we have that expectation, what happens when he doesn't? What happens when his answer is wait? We've talked about this before. God always answers. He always answers. Sometimes his answer is yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's wait. Sometimes with me, it's been not a chance. You know, but he always gives us an answer. You know, he always answers us. So we have this expectation that he's going to, but why isn't he? What do we do when he stays where he is? The Bible says right here in verse 6, So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Usually there are three things that go through people's minds when God does not respond the way we think he would. Uh, When God does not respond like we think he should. There are three things, three reasons that we usually come up with to say, why isn't God doing this? The first reason, the people that don't know him very well, first reason that people come up with is, is he missing something? Maybe Jesus just isn't aware, really, of the situation that is needed here. Did, is, did the messenger, what happened to the messenger? Did the messenger ever arrive at Jesus? You know, is there some confusion going on here in the prayer or in the message that I sent to him? And so we may think to ourselves, why is Jesus not doing this? Why is he not showing up? Maybe it's just he doesn't know or he's just not aware. But in Psalm 147.15, it says, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. God knows what we're going through. He is omniscient, the Bible says. That means he knows everything. He sees everything. There is not anything going on in our life that he is not aware of. So if God is aware or since he is aware and that's not the problem, then maybe it's just that he's indifferent before we think to ourselves, no, no, you know what? There are some religions that teach that they're God and believe that they're God. And I won't mention them today, but there are some that believe that their God is indifferent. This God does not care. The only way you're ever going to get his attention is if you do something, many things, to please him. And so there are a lot of religions based upon that, that I've got to do something in order to get God, bless you, in order to get God's attention, in order to get God. And so some people may look at God of the Bible and say, you know what? Maybe he's just indifferent. Maybe he doesn't care about what is going on in my life right now as a matter of fact mary and martha thought this very thing mary's uh, martha when jesus showed up said if what what did she say 
if you had only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. If you would have cared enough to come when we sent for you, my brother wouldn't have died. As a matter of fact, in the King James Version, it says it like this. <laughs> Don't you love this? In the King James Version, uh, it says, it's been four days, and by now he stinketh. You know, if you would have come on time, it wouldn't, we wouldn't be in this shape. Mary even says the same thing when she sees Jesus for the first time. Didn't you care? Didn't you care that our brother was going to die? If you would only have been here, he wouldn't have died. As Jesus was making his way to the tomb, people were murmuring and saying, Boy, he healed people from blindness. He restored the sight. Could not this man who restored people's sight heal this person of his sickness? Why didn't he do that? And a lot of people may think that the reason why God doesn't do it is because he doesn't care. But I love verse 5. Because I think verse 5 put, kind of puts this, puts this to rest. Because verse 5 says, Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. That is piercing. And if we ever feel like God is distant and he doesn't care, remember this. God loves us. He loves us. He cares. Karl Barth, uh, the famous theologian, years ago was at the University of Chicago and he was doing a lecture at the University of Chicago. So a lot of people came in to see Karl Barth and to hear what he had to say. And he gave a brilliant lecture. And so many people were excited. One individual was excited at the opportunity to hear Karl Barth and get to talk to Karl Barth that after it was over, he came up to him. And he said, I'll never have this opportunity in my life again. I just want to ask you one question. If you could sum up in one sentence, what theology the study of God is all about, what would you say? If you could sum up in one sentence what the Bible says about who God is, what would you say? Karl Barth thought about it for a moment and he said, I'd say this. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. <laughs> that song that we learn as children, that is the greatest theological summary statement of all the Bible, according to Karl Barth. And it's true for us as well. No, it's not true that God doesn't care. It's not true that he is indifferent when he stays where he is and when he waits. That is not who God is. And so the last question that people may have when God doesn't move and doesn't go, the last question people may wonder, is he too involved elsewhere? Is God just too busy? Is he got so much going on? In 2003, there was a, a movie that came out. I wouldn't recommend it for theological reference. Uh, but there was a movie that came out that had a scene in it that had a good point. And that movie was Bruce Almighty starring John, Jim Carrey. Bruce Almighty. And if you remember, if you saw that movie, then in that movie there was a scene where Jim Carrey as Bruce is getting a perspective of what God may see as God sees the world. And one of the things that he's doing is he's trying to look at all the prayers that God gets and then trying to answer these prayers and how to go about that. And as it starts in slowly and he's able to do okay. But then all these prayers come in from all over the world and he starts to wonder, okay, how can I keep track? And he comes up with the idea that maybe I'll write down some post-it notes. And he starts to write down all these post-it notes. And the very next scene you see him, he's covered with post-it notes. The room is covered with post-it notes. 
everywhere is post-it notes. And the point is, is that God has to be very busy, right, in order to be able to handle everything that is going on in the world. And so we may think, man, maybe he's just too busy. Maybe he's really concentrating on somewhere else in the world right now. But here is God. God not only sees everything, God knows everything, And Jesus even said in Luke chapter 12, this about God, Jesus said, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten about God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus even took it a step further. He said, I tell you, when a sparrow falls to the ground, God knows about it. God knows everything. It's not that God doesn't care. It's not that God is ignorant and just doesn't know. It's not that God is too busy. God knows when a sparrow falls to the ground. Uh, In 1958, uh, there was the chairman of China, of communist China, was a chairman by the name of Chairman Mao. You probably heard Mao. And Mao, in 1958, identified four pests that existed in China, and one of those was sparrows. Sparrows. At the time, you know, there was believed that there were billions of sparrows that existed in in the world, you know, in China. And so Chairman Mao came up with this bright idea. He said, you know what? We are going to eradicate all sparrows from China. And so this is the plan, and it worked, surprisingly. He ordered everybody, when they were outside, to bane pots and make lots of noise, and prevent sparrows from ever landing. Keep them in the sky, keep them flying, and eventually they'll die of exhaustion. Millions and millions of sparrows died as a result of that plan. But Chairman Mao didn't think it through very well at all, because it it led to one of the greatest ecological disasters in China, because you see the sparrow ate a lot of insects, And so since there weren't any sparrows to eat insects, the insects just had a field day with all the crops in China. So in 1958, they completely wiped out all the crops in China. From 1958 to 1962, Google it, 20 million people died in China as the greatest and worst famine ever in their history occurred, all because sparrows were eradicated. And I'm here to tell you today that God knew every sparrow that fell to the earth during that time. But even more than that, God knew every person that died without a saving knowledge of him in China during that time. Why? Because God cares. God cares and he knows. So that is not the problem of why God stays where he is. We know why God does what he does. You know God's purpose in this and what might help help us to be a little bit more patient There's three things that God has a purpose in when it comes to his plan on staying where he is. Number one, I want us to look at verses six and seven. Verses six and seven say this, but actually verse six says, so when he heard that he was sick, meaning Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed two more days in the place that he was. In verse seven, it says, then after that, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. In these two verses, what we are seeing are two examples of how time is used in the Bible. We are seeing two examples. In verse 6, it says, stayed two more days in the place where it was. In verse 7, it says, then after that, 
he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. The two words for time in the Greek are these. The first word is the word chronos. And chronos means a linear time. It means hours. It means minutes. It means seconds. It means days. So in verse 6, when we saw he waited two days, guess what it's talking about there? It's talking about chronos time, definitive, specific date time that was listed there in verse 6 but in verse 7 what we see is the word kairos in kairos it is a right critical or opportune time so the time it's talking about here is the right time is god's time this is what god does god always shows up on time not a minute early not a minute late God does it at the opportune time, at the right time. So every time God responds, when God responds, guess what? It's exactly at the right time in our lives and in the world. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says what? At the right time, at the opportune time, God, Jesus, was born of a virgin. You know, at the right time, and we've talked about this at Christmas time, at that time in history was the absolute best time for Jesus Christ to arrive. Why? Because that was God's time. <laughs> you know, and, and so many things were happening during that time when Jesus happened. But we need to understand this. Verse 7, it's talking about God's right time. So when God responds, it is the right time, and this is why God waits for that right time. First of all, for His glory. <laughs> If you don't hear anything else I have to say today, try to remember this. God is always going to take the path that brings him glory. Glory means spotlight. Glory means the attention. Glory means everything. He's always going to take the path that is going to bring him glory. Why do you think he waited and didn't heal a sick man and rather raised a dead man <laughs> for his glory? And don't forget that Jesus could have done this from where he was sitting. He didn't have to go to that place. He could have done it. He did it before. He did it with the, with the young man. You know, he, he waited and, and he told that, you know, remember the, the, uh, the Roman centurion that said to Jesus, all you have to do is speak the word, you know, and he spoke the word from a distance and that person was healed. But he didn't hear why. Because God is always going to take the path that is bring him the glory. And we're sitting here today and I may be sitting here today or standing here today and thinking to myself, man, God, where are you? Why are you not showing up while I'm praying? Try to remember, God is always going to take the path that brings him the most glory. That is what God is going to do. But God is also going to do this. God is going to do what is going to bring us the greatest growth. God is going to do what's going to bring us the greatest growth. I want us to look at verse 15. Verse 15 says, I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe but let's go to him. So Jesus is saying here, okay, I'm glad that I wasn't there because through this experience, you learned something that you didn't know before. And what was it that the disciples learned that they didn't know before? Well, Jesus told his disciples, you know what? We need to go to Lazarus because Lazarus is asleep. And what did the disciples say? The disciples said, well, if he's asleep, he's going to get well. Everything's going to be good. And Jesus said, mm. you know what? His favorite word in the Bible to describe people who Christians who passed away was the word sleep. Thirteen times in the New Testament, Jesus used the word sleep to refer to Christians 
who had passed away. And the disciples did not understand this yet. But what Jesus was saying was this, man, when somebody goes to sleep, what do we expect? We expect they're going to wake up. Why? Because it's not over. It's not over when we go to bed and go to sleep at night. We're going to get back up the next morning and continue to live because life continues on. It doesn't end when we are a Christian. And that is what Jesus was saying here. This is what I, I'm glad I didn't come because through this experience, you were able to grow and understand that when a person's a Christian, they never take that last breath. They continue to live on. It's not over when we die as a Christian. Life continues on as a Christian. And so the, Jesus will always do this. He'll always bring us to the point where we can grow that is what he's waiting for. He's going to bring God glory and he's going to bring growth to us. But there's one final thing that he's going to do and that's this. He's going to look for the greatest good. He's going to look to supply us with the greatest good. Look with me here again with, uh, with Mary and Martha. Verse 21 says, Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. You see, Mary and Martha believed to themselves that the best way that Jesus could show them love was to heal their brother. But Jesus' love is eternal. So Jesus didn't see that as the best way. When God answers our prayer, when God answers our prayer, it's always to supply us with the best and the greatest good that he will. John Piper, I read John Piper, and John Piper said something very interesting that I wanted to read here. John Piper said this. He said, love means giving us what we need most. Then he went on to say, he said, Mary and Martha and the disciples needed, what they needed was an endless experience of the glory of God, and that's what we need. We need a fresh revelation of the glory and goodness and growth in Jesus Christ. I'll close with this. I think many of you know uh, by now that I grew up in Hartford uh, over in Ojai County. And when I grew up, where I grew up, I, 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 you know, I, I know we like to say this, but I really did walk to school. I walked to Wayland Elementary, you know, with Wayland Alexander at the time. I walked to and from school. You know, I just, everywhere I went, I walked. Uh, I remember not too far from where we lived, uh, down the corner right there across from the courthouse, there was Spinks Pharmacy, Spinks Pharmacy. You could go into Spinks, you could get the best cherry Cokes. I mean, go back to the fountain, uh, there was Spinks there. If you turned right past Spinks and went on down, on the right-hand side, there was a restaurant called Case Spears Restaurant. Uh, you got the best hot chocolate there for Christmas parade. You got to see all the Christmas parade, best breakfasts, best cheeseburger and fries, Case Spears. But if you went on down to the other corner, on the last corner where the Images Day Spa is now in, in Hartford, and right there at that store, there was a little store called Ben Franklin. And they had a Ben Franklin where you were too. <laughs> ben Franklin was our Walmart. They didn't have groceries, but they had tools, they had candy, they had toys. And that's really all I cared about. You know, I remember one day going into Ben Franklin, and, they were on the, and, and I had a friend, and my friend's name was Eric Stogner. Uh, he came and stayed with his grandmother behind our house. And, and Eric and I went into Ben Franklin one day, and on the shelf... They had just received in a bucket of army men. You know, I used to love G.I. Joes. I loved military. I loved the army men. You know, I loved to set them up outside and, and play with those. So there's a bucket of all these army men on different positions that I could play with. I really wanted that. But, you know, behind that bucket, there was a box. 
And this box was just the epitome of, of army scene, of army men. I mean, it had the tank, it had the jeep, it had the armor carrier, it had the, the, the barracks, you know, it had a flag pole with a flag. It was, just, it was just awesome. And all these hundreds of army men in this huge box in front of this bu- bucket. Now, I knew I wasn't going to get the bu- box, but I thought maybe if I asked my parents, I could get the bucket, you know, the bucket of soldiers. And so I, I went home, Eric and I went home, and Eric said, you know what, I'm going to get the box. I'm going to have my grandma, you know, give me money, and we're gonna, I'm going to get the box. I said, well, okay, good luck with that. Uh, but, uh, but I went, and, and I asked my parents, I said, could I get uh, this bucket of soldiers, you know, these army men that I could play with? And, and they said, no. And I said, oh. You know, when I ask them again, you know, it's just a, a bucket, just a bucket. It's not the box, it's a bucket, you know. And they said, no, no. We're not going to do that. And so Eric came over, you know, and I was kind of, you know, we were playing in the backyard, and, and I was kind of down. And I said, man, I, I can't get the bucket. And I said, he said, well, guess what? My grandmother told me that my dad's coming in two weeks, and he's going to get me the box. So I said, ah, oh, you know, I'm disappointed. Well, not too long after that was my birthday. And on my birthday, I came downstairs, and in the living room there, was the box. <laughs> it was the box of army men with the flagpole and the flag and the tanks and the armor carrier, you know, and the, the barracks. I mean, it had everything. I was so excited. I had my dad carry, help me carry the box outside. We set up the little soldiers around the tree where I normally played, you know. I had everything set up. It was just a perfect little army fort, you know, and I couldn't wait to run and get Eric. So I went and ran and got Eric and brought Eric back and Eric looked at it and he said, that's all? He said, I don't want it anymore. But I remember being so excited about that. And as I think about it, you know what? My parents told me no because they had in mind the box. I mean, they told me no on the bucket because they had in mind the box. And, and we may be sitting here in here today thinking to ourselves, I wonder where God is right now. Why is God staying where he is when I could really use that bucket? <laughs> Well, God is ready right now to provide the box. God is ready right now to provide what is going to bring him glory, what is going to bring us the greatest good in knowing him. Let's pray. Father, I just uh, thank you so much for this time. I thank you for this opportunity we have today to, to be here and to open up your word. God, I pray, uh, Father, as uh, we just... Um, Go through this day, Father. Maybe, maybe there's some people here like me that are just waiting right now for, uh, for an answer. Maybe we're waiting for the answer. Uh, maybe we're just, uh, uh, just not quite ready to hear what, what you have to say, uh, Father, and, and, and we're, we're waiting around to see if you change your mind. But God, I pray right now uh, during this time, Father, that, uh, that God will see that you're always going to take the path that's going to bring you glory. God, you're always going to do what is going to bring us the greatest growth and understanding of you. And you're always going to supply the greatest good for us. So, Father, I do, I do pray right now, God, that, uh, that God, as we're waiting, we, we can understand that and we can know that. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.